Hey, everyone. It is the Between You and I podcast with myself and my cohort, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> this is episode 33. Three, three. You know, 33 year old, years old was like one of my favorite years, I just have to say. It's very blurry 33. for me, but yeah, it was a good time. I, I assume it was. Yeah. 33. Now I'm 55. I should probably get those tattoos. Um, today, we have uh, my good friend, Erin Gallagher, who has also been my coach for the last year. I've known her for years. Um, she does so many things. We're going to dabble into the woo, deep into the woo. Erin uh, is a master of woo. She does so many things like Reiki, Akashic record reading. Uh, she's a medium. She also is a trauma specialist. She has offered programs around sobriety. Uh, she does coaching and she has a lot of fun stuff coming up that she's offering and she's also just fun to talk to. So we had a great time talking to her and I hope you all enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome everybody to the Between You and I podcast. This is episode 33. Oh yeah. 33. Awesome. Yeah, we're moving up. Two good numbers, three, three. Aaron, we could talk about that. Um, oh, today, yeah. we have my good friend Aaron Gallagher on, and Erin uh, is many things. She is, uh, she's a mystic. She's a healer. She's a trauma coach. She's a life coach. She's an Akashic record reader. She knows Reiki. I'm missing, I'm sure, many things that you can do, but I've known you for a really long time. So welcome to the podcast, Erin. Thank you so much. I am psyched, so excited. I love podcasts and I love being able to just chill out, hang out with you guys and talk. Just yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that Aaron and I do, we have put together a couple retreats. Um, and I don't, when did we start talking about both wanting to do retreats? It was like, it was weird how it just happened kind of without, without planning. It actually, I feel like it, everything went easier um, and more aligned without the planning. You know, it was like, we should do retreats. Okay. And it was just like, let's put money down on Airbnb. And then all of a sudden it just (laughs) created Yeah. As you do. (laughs) (laughs) A natural retreat. It's a good idea. Just a good idea. Yeah. Um, Well, I've known you for uh, quite a while. Like how many years? Like seven, Well, it's funny because we graduated from the same high school, but we're like 10 years apart. So kind of weird. And we didn't even start talking until you had already moved to Tacoma and I was in Los Angeles. So we knew each other. Weird. Yeah. It's really weird because we didn't really know each other. Like, I don't think I ever actually even saw you play a show in the Tri-Cities because we were just, we had, we were in different crews. I love that though, because it just reminds you how small the world is. And I don't even think you and I talked about the fact that you went to Kennewick high until like this year and you said it in passing. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And did I know that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of, lots of connections and, um, uh, and you and I started talking years ago and then I, you have been my coach for, I was going on a year, right. Um, and helping me transform some old stories so that I can let go of them in order to move into my future, which, um, which is, that's the kind of like coaching 
I love, right? I mean, I love it for myself, but I love it for other people as well, right? Especially when people are feeling stuck and they know they need change. And so having an outside voice with knowledge or reminders to shape your, you know, help reshape your mindset, right? Because we get stuck in these old stories. So I remember we started, literally started with an old music story of mine and just breaking it down, posing questions about it helped me shift and look at it different. And, and deeper than that, reconnect with myself and look at myself differently because it's one of those stories that you could really get potentially down on yourself about or really feel like was a mistake and working on that scenario you were like did you really make a mistake why maybe what if you were right I remember when the day you were sort of like what if you were right um and I, that just kind of went my head went <laughs> Well, so it's good to kind of like go walk with yourself when, when we get into the story time about, oh, this has happened or this is what's going to happen or this is what did happen. It's like, wait, 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 let's like, well, okay, what if it did happen that way and go into it? Like, you know, mm -hmm. let's say I can't pay rent or something. Okay. What if you couldn't pay rent? Then what? And then you right. go into it, what really happens. And it's like, oh, I move in with a friend and sleep on their couch and wait, then I wouldn't have to spend money on rent and I'd actually have more money. So uh, mm -hmm. you know, it goes from, oh my God, to something different. And we actually, we've been, you know, coaching together for a year officially, but I remember mm -hmm. doing, and this is what I love working with you on because I get to be in my zones of genius because I get to use the psychic and intuitive work I do, but also coach mm -hmm. because we were talking to, you know, your mom has passed. So I'm able to like get, get information from your mom and mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So it's really cool just to be able to kind of riff and feel into like, what do you need today? Let's like figure it out. Are you feeling like grief? Are you feeling sadness? Are you feeling like strategic business stuff? Let's do this. So um, it's always been such a joy to work with. It's always such a joy to work with people like that, that can just riff, you know? Well, and my mom's very cool. So cool <laughs> chick. <laughs> she's always, I, I love when she talks to me because I'm just, she's really like straightforward. I'm like, all right. Very. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to back up for people listening too, right? Like, so th this is the world that I, I actually kind of live in, right? And that's not something I, in my life, uh, I don't know, ever found a place to talk about out loud, but I have always been a fairly woo-woo person, you know, whether I even knew the language of that or not. I think, you know, like when I was 19, I got like you know, Gilal Gibran's like the prophet, you know, or Shotgi Gawain's like living in the light, right? And that was just like the start on my path of things that just felt right to me about like synchronicity and your intuition and uh, kind of like the universe and attracting things. And I know for a lot of people, that's probably really woo. And, and um, some might say like, what the hell are you even talking about? But for me, that has always felt like home. And it's only in the last few years, um, especially I think with my mom passing to, to rely on, remember and rely on some ways of living that have just always felt natural to me. And so I work with people who are very metaphysical, right? Like, so we're in this just last moment here, we're talking about being a medium. We're talking about spirit guides. We're talking about, you do, you know, tarot or, um, so for a lot of people, they might be like, what are you even talking about? Um, Right. Like, what are you even talking about? And some might not even believe in that stuff, which is totally fine. Um, it is where I have always felt at home. It's always in my mind been like, well, yeah, 
I mean, as a kid, even just like, well, yeah, the world's yeah. magic. What it's are you talking about? It's authentic to you. And that's what matters, really. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. And I think, too, it's for me, I have like created and cultivated my life to only be in those circles. So I don't, it used to be a thing where it was like, oh, people would be like, what? And now I don't have that anymore. So I always think like, oh, there are people that just cut kind of, and it's not bad or whatever. It's just, um, I had, there was one time I was talking to this, uh, this guy about, uh, you know, just different philosophies and opening your mind. And, and I said something and he was like, oh, I see you've opened the doors, opened the doors. And I was like, what? He's like, open the doors of the per of perception. Uh-huh. I and he was a he was a very scientific man too. So I really loved and I was like, oh, what does that mean? And I love the ideas of opening <laughs> the doors of perception. And I've always been a seeker. So to me, yeah. even if information I hear go, I go, what? I'm like, it's not like what, what's that? It's ooh, what is that? Like I want to know. Like, even if I don't like believe it or whatever, it's just I want to know because I'm a human in the world and I want to seek and know as much as I can. <laughs> Well, and that's how you and I are a lot alike. I remember, I remember a moment where my mom was talking to my husband, like I could kind of hear their talking and she was like, well, Carrie's always been someone who is learning, wants to learn more and seeking like, um, you know, like sort of sinky, like what's new and I want to read books and I want to like, you know, read topics and things like that. So I feel like you and I are a lot alike. And you know, it was, <laughs> I don't know if you'll laugh at this, but the other day I just thought it was really funny it dawned on me, you know, sometimes you folks can be listening to religious people going, oh, how in the hell do you even believe that? You know what I mean? Like deep, deep beliefs or whatever, you know, and I, I have even sat with people where I was like, holy hell, how, what? Like maybe somebody's a crea creationist, right? You know, and hmm. we won't get into that, but <laughs> I, I would be like, I, I don't even understand how you believe that. And it just dawned on me. I'm like, yeah, but somebody could seriously see me that way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it goes both ways. So, yeah, I felt kind of like a little humility, a little like, mm, yeah. It's really, it's really about forcing those ideas on others. That's where no. it, that's where it gets bad, you know. So my, yeah. my my thing is always human your experience. If your experience is this way, or if you say this is who I am and this is how I want to be seen and identified, that's that's how it is. Mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. going to question that. I'm not going to pretend I know you better than you know yourself. I'm not going to push ideals onto you. I'm going to respect and honor your thoughts, feelings, beliefs about everything. I always tell people I don't have beliefs because I'm like, I don't, everything with me is malleable. Let's, mm -hmm. let's talk about, let's play. Like, I don't, I don't go like, oh, this is this and that's that. And that's just how it is. Why? I don't, I right. never understood why that was like something. Why would you want to do that? Like when I was a kid, I would go from church to church and then I would go to spiritual churches. And then I would, I would just try on different experiences. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. why not? So I never understood from a very young age. I never understood like I mean, in macro view, like racism and stuff like that, but also just people fighting about stuff. Like, I'm like, why? Just can't, what, can't you just accept and be happy for people's path? What's, what's the problem here? <laughs> why right. are we problems? Yeah. yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And I agree. Well, let, let's, let's go back to, I don't even know how far back we should go with your story, like who you are, your history, right? Like, how did you get maybe as a kid to understanding like, you know, the psychic abilities that you have or all of that. And then I know you also have a sobriety journey and things like that. I would love to just have you give us a rundown <laughs> that in a short amount of time. Yeah, um, I'll try to keep it as uh, nutshell-y as possible. <laughs> let's, get, let's get your life story in a nutshell. Okay. <laughs> well, the, 
biggest thing for me has been that, um, you know, a lot of people call it empath, but for me, I like to call it extrasensory. I just have always my whole life, every little thing going on around me, I felt to the nth degree. So if like my dad yelled, it wasn't just a dad yelling. It was like, oh my God, the whole world is crumbling. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really had a lot of, and I had a lot of, how do I fix everything to make everyone okay so that I can feel safe? So my whole life was like fixing everything around me so that I could feel safe. So everything for me was, is just safety, safety, safety. It took me a long time to, um, understand that it was an extra, extra sensory or empathic or psychic journey. I just thought it was like, oh, I just thought I was really super sensitive and scared of everything. Mm -hmm. But now I realized I was just overloaded. Um, and that's where the drugs and alcohol and stuff comes in is that I was overloaded for so long and grew up in a very chaotic household. Um, and then by the time I went off on my own, I realized I can't handle real life because I don't know how to do, I don't have the same skills that I had in my household. Household was like, this is how it always is. But then I was out and didn't know. So then drugs and alcohol became the, the easiest number. I always say I was not mm -hmm. addicted to drugs or alcohol, which I mean, I was in so much, but. Um, I was addicted to the numbing. So it was like, what's my, and drugs and alcohol just became my numb agent of choice, really. So uh -huh. the drugs and alcohol became that. And then I just went down. I always feel like I see people as having like soul journeys. So I feel like my soul kind of like was like, all right, let's experiment. Let's take like 50, you know, 15 years of your life and just do this thing. Because I kind of feel like I started the like addiction journey and then I ended it very abruptly. It was like, all right, that experiment's done. Now what? It's oh. like my soul like needed that as a piece in the puzzle to then move on to what I do now. So it, that was very interesting. And also like, did we have to stay there for 17 years though? Could we have like, done <laughs> <laughs> did it have to be that, that long? Um, Cause it was so painful and there was like so many, up, you know, twists and turns, but it was cool though, because I live, I grew up in the Tri-Cities, but then I moved to Boston and got to live there for 10 years. And um, so I had my twenties in like a big city and it was amazing. And then, uh, went to LA, got into film and television. So I was in film and television for a long time and loved that. Um, but all the while I was drinking and, and partying and stuff like that. And then it came to a head when I, when I, um, well, I got a DUI, but it didn't take, it took me another like eight months to quit drinking because I was so in such denial. I was in so, so many, like just lifetimes really of just, you know, keep yeah. going, keep going. Cause I had coped so well. I, I, I am and was very high functioning Okay. because I had a job every day since I was 16, even through IV drug use, sleeping under bridges, sleeping in storage sheds, Wow. all of the things. And I always had a job. I always like, I would just wear sweaters over my arms and, and just, just always very high functioning. And, um, so I got used to that, which isn't great because now it's like, <laughs> if, if something's going wrong, I feel like, Oh, I can fix that. And I just get too focused on that <laughs> but anyways yeah so um after having that big like when I when I quit drinking I had a huge spiritual awakening like everything became all the all the stuff I had numbed for so long hit me in the face like a wow. and so when that happened I started hearing and feeling spirits and spiritual energy and I started if I would go to a party or so, so I'll just quickly say <laughs> this like I went to this party in LA once where Kurt Cobain's sister was there uh-huh um, like her, his you know his uh sister kim anyways uh and um the lights started like going on and off and i i was like i'm affecting the electricity and then the lights like went off all the way and then i started thinking about kurt's album when the lights go out or whatever anyway so it was really it, that was i kept having situations like that where it was like really i felt yeah. like i was in a dreamscape almost and i was affecting like electricity mm -hmm. around me and 
So anyways, a lot of weird happenings. And so I started going to tarot card readers and uh, mediums and stuff like that to be like, what's am I like going crazy? Yeah. And so um, I healed myself from my addiction holistically and spiritually doing like a spiritual dancing. I just went from one thing to that. Oh, I'll try astrology. Oh, let's do this. Let's try this. <laughs> and just kind of played around with everything. And then I realized I had a gift to support others in healing as well. So then I started my business and all of yeah. the things. Yeah. Great. yeah. 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 Well, and it, isn't it, yeah, it is interesting when, um, when you look at like, say your path, right. And it does make sense, but you're sort of like, really did have to go on that long. I think that's really funny, but it is what it is, right? Like there's reasons why, even if it's quite unnameable, right? Like, um, I think that happens to a lot of people. Um, but being open enough to say, okay, especially when you hit a wall, hit the wall, I guess to say, okay, what, you know, what, what is it I'm supposed to do? What is going on? And you do just start if you're willing, right, you start seeking, right? You're looking, seeking wisdom, you're seeking teachers. Um, and the fact that you just stayed open to like, okay, well, what about this? What about that? That's like a great state to be in. Even if sometimes it feels like uh, flailing around or lost, you, it kind of doesn't though as well. It's like, well, this this is just the, where I am on my path. I'm seeking, I'm, I need to, I'm, I am intaking information this is what i need to be doing for a long time i need to you know a taste of everything right and and that's a that's a real like learning i think sector of life yeah is just to sort of seek learn try to find answers but also just find what resonates with you for sure yeah you don't want to beat yourself up over it because it's like that's experiences you have to go through sometimes even if they're bad negative ones there's positive ones as well absolutely yeah, sometimes they can like resilient last forever like when even in my darkest darkest days i mean in the moment it was awful but now i realize like every single day every single part of that journey added up yeah and i try to do that now like when i'm in breakdown now like okay in 20 years or whatever this is gonna make sense i know it doesn't now and it, <laughs> it, it some kind of helps but as we know it's also like you know it's kind of like when you're like in you know not a great place and everyone's like it'll get better it's like okay that's not gonna help right now Mm -hmm. Uh, that doesn't help me at all (laughs) like that's so not the right thing to say like in the moment because somebody will just want to smack you in the face just sort of like will it you know like depending like everything's gonna be okay i like it's nice to hear that but it's like okay but can you hold me where i am right now where everything's not okay yeah and that's what i do with the trauma work is like we get to start listening to people what happens is we don't know how to hold space where people are going through serious, serious despair, suicidal thoughts, and we can't, people with suicidal thoughts, et cetera, cannot sit with other people because they're afraid, oh, this person's gonna you know, put me in a mental institution, and it, rightly so. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not in a place now, and that's why I'm here, that's part of the reason, reason I'm doing the work I'm doing is to be able to hold space for those like dark feelings and emotions and just let the person be in them without judgment, and that's enough. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to fix it. We don't have to always fix it. You just need somebody who's empathetic. Somebody who can sit there and listen and actually hear you. And like that's a powerful skill set that not everybody has. It's so powerful. Well, and I also think people don't realize that is doing something. That is that is something that is moving you forward. You're not just like, well, what am I just gonna break down and hang out here? I'm like, no, it won't be forever. Like this is a step. And the step is moving you forward. Right. But like, I don't think 
a lot of people gift themselves with um, stopping and allowing things to come up or resting or um, seeking help and then trusting enough to, I mean, that's a big deal if someone trusts you, especially with a lot of trauma, trust you to be the person that they open up to and that they think is trustworthy enough to witness, right? Like witnessing is such a um, honorable role, I feel like. Yeah, it is. And it's like, it's kind of like being a sage or something. It takes lifetimes really of like, just shutting up, you know, and just Mm -hmm. being there in a very powerful, um, that's why, you know, with when we're talking woo woo or spiritual, just energy, just like, how do you show up in your energy? Are you grounded? Are you all up all over the place? Like people, and this is the thing with trauma work and really is like having that intuition and feeling what people need, but also like, if it takes six months for someone to say something, I found that it's either takes six months for people to say anything. And that's why I'm, I'll sit forever, you know, with someone. Um, and, but all, or people have been through so much trauma that they talk about it. Like it's nothing. Oh, then I got ran over and then I did this. And then, you know, I had this happen <laughs> and it's just like, it's like, wait, let's take a second in there. It's like, <laughs> process through that. Cause you just said like five lifetimes of trauma. And one yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God. That's so true though. That's so, that's so true. Like in, in, co- we probably have talked about this too. Like in coaching people, often they are saying their own answers out loud, but they are t- they're talking so fast and they are not hearing themselves and they haven't stopped. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they'll make a statement and you have to stop them and be like, whoa, what did you just say there? Oh, like I will often say, you know, someone will say like, oh, I really hate the color yellow. And then I'm doing this. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. You, you don't like yellow. What? And I'll be like, you just said you don't like yellow. Is that true? And they'll be like, oh yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. Like slow down. You don't like yellow, like get it into their skin. So, so people are like, oh God. And I'm like, see, you have your answer. You don't like yellow. You know, it's like the stopping, I think the stopping, right? Just the stop, yeah. stop, 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 be quiet. With it. I know it's very hard. And that was hard for me for a long time too. How just to be silent and be with someone in silence oh. because uh, you know silence not a lot of people can just sit in silence and so uh and I went to I mean I think and you were talking about this earlier about like me coaching you and you being a coach and I, I, just, I was just thinking how important it is for like I just think everyone in the world should have therapy also but um <laughs> that everyone needs that support like especially if you're holding like like doing the work me or you do or holding space or coaching other people if we don't have that for us it, we can't I mean we're going to crumble it just, it, it, and it yeah. may take years, it may take days, it may take whatever, but you, you have to have that for yourself too, if you're doing it. Yeah. Well, and just cause we're coaching doesn't mean we don't fall apart <laughs> or have our days, you know, you're we human are too. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Yeah, exactly. Like when you said, oh, the, you know, being antsy or all over the place, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I wrestle with that all the time where, especially with the topic of like, what's next, what's in the future, what should I do? You know, all those things like that's such the automatic thing we think we're raised to do, right? Like I should be doing something. What's the next thing. But you never, if you're only doing that, you never also get the gift of one deeply enjoying your life, but contentment and like some of these things that are the riches, (laughs) you know, like, um, and, I'm always amazed, you'll laugh at this too, like, I'm always amazed at how hard it is 
how hard it is to what I've said before is just have a day. So it's like hard to do nothing. (laughs) I know. And it's like, no matter, I mean, when you're working at like a structured place, you can ask for days off or you have like, you got to do this on this and it creates that structure for you. So when you, uh, when you're made to do it yourself, then it's like, I'll just sit and stare at a law sometimes. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what do I do? What am I doing? Do I do what? But I'm, I'm a cancer, so I'm really good at laying. I'm just like, I'm a lay in bed all day. I'm fine with that. So, but, uh, so I love my little, my little creature comforts and, you know, stuff like that. I, I'm really good with taking that time for myself. But my thing is, is like, if something isn't working, um, I, I am like doggedly on the pursuit of, I have to fix this before I can like lay down or rest. And that's when it, mm. and then all of a sudden four days pass by and I'm just like staring at a computer screen and that's not good. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, it's, a, it's so great that you are so self-aware. I mean, right. First best step is just to be like, oh, okay. I see what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's okay. so true. <laughs> at least, right? At least you can identify like, oh, you know, no judgment, right? You can't have judgment. and There doesn't need to be judgment. Yeah. But it is such a relief just to be able to identify what is going on or what you're doing or your traits or patterns. It, it really is just a relief unto itself. Yeah, it's funny. I, I go back and forth with that because, I mean, every now and then when I'm really in my like, you know, breakdown or whatever. I'm like, why can't I, I just want one day where I'm like a zombie human and I don't, and I'm just like everyone else. And I'm just logging through, uh, I'm going to save way. Uh, like, <laughs> I wish I just didn't know any of this shit. And I wish it was all like, and I know that's not real. And I know I've talked to people about this and they're like, you don't wish that. And I'm like, I know, but sometimes it's just, you know, being the extra sensory that I was talking about, feeling, seeing, hearing, knowing everything is just like, even if I do protections and do that, that kind of work, it's or boundary work. I still get overloaded. Yeah. So um, finding a way to rein all that in and and still have that a wall that doesn't cut people off, but also to where I feel okay. Because um, yeah, sometimes it just gets so acute, so heavy. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to shut it all off. And I'll never drink or use drugs again. But I still have that like, you know, it's like you search what's the thing that can make this yes. all. Like, shut it all down because I can't yeah. handle it right now. Yeah. So, and it gets extra for the extra sensory kind of thing because it's feel it's experiencing everything all at once. And it's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a weird, can't put your finger on it. Agitation, but that's like the worst, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's like stasis you're in stasis yeah. and that's like, yeah, I can feel that right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have, you have no, even if people talk to you and ask you questions and you look outside yourself, it's still, if you're kind of stuck in it, your perception's still limited by it. So it's like the only, that's why the only thing you can, and this is where self-awareness is really great in so many ways, but I can just go, okay, I'm never going to like, no, I just need to go like lay down or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I had a friend once who I was like freaking out about something. And she said to me something I'll never forget. She goes, Oh no, I was trying to figure out why something was happening. Why, why, why? Because I'm like overanalyzing everything. And she goes, delete the need to know why. And Ooh. I loved the word delete because uh. it makes me think of NLP or like neurolinguistic programming or like my brain's a CPU. So if some if a program is repeating, I can open that CPU and stop uh. that program. I can d- delete that. 
Like yeah. I don't have that power. So like if I'm stuck in a hamster wheel, I can say, nah, mm -mm. I see where this is going. I'm deleting the need to know or care why. And I'm just going to do this instead. Uh, go out in nature or take a walk or something, which, yeah, um, and sometimes when it's really bad, I'm not able to do that. And I'm just on the floor crying. But you know, when I'm able <laughs> to have a perception and step back, then I can go, okay, like this is not, <laughs> this is not the way. Yeah. Ryan, what were you going to say? Oh, I was saying that's powerful. It's important to like set that space for yourself. You know, you're saying like get out yes. in nature and do those things just to tune out, turn it all off in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. There's so many healthy ways out there to do that. And we just get caught up in the unhealthy ways because they're pushed in our face every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I, I do love that delete because it's like just say, I mean, sometimes all you can do is just go, no, nope. Like you, you can't analyze something anymore. You just have to go, nope. <laughs> just no. <laughs> and, and the end. Yeah. And Stop. Well, yeah. that, that specific situation, I was in Hawaii and I was in a writing retreat and everyone else is enjoying themselves. And I was in a bad money situation where I, I still remember $19 in my bank account. And I was getting really down on myself because I'm like, why am I in Hawaii with this much money in my bank account? This is really irresponsible. I shouldn't have gone on this vacation. I don't deserve to be here. I don't, you know, all this yeah. stuff going. And one of the things she said was, if you weren't supposed to be in Hawaii with $19 in your bank account, you would not be in Hawaii with $19 in your bank account. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, whoa. That's where, like you were saying earlier, the moment I was like, oh my God, because I would be home right now if I was supposed to be home right now, but I'm here. I'm still blown away by that. Yeah. And you're having that experience. You're like, I'm here. I'm having this experience of what it's like to be in another place short of money, but still can enjoy socialize yeah. do those things. and what else what are you gonna what, what's gonna happen are they gonna say oh we're kicking you out of hawaii because you have 19 dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean and that example gets us into it just makes me think of all the um discovery investigation looking into like our d ideas of only where we're safe right like if i if i function this way i'm safe if i do these things i'm safe um I'm certainly not safe if I spend a bunch of money and go to Hawaii and have $19 in my bed. No, that's a no. And it's like, yeah, but you are safe. So like blowing your mind with like, you are safe. You, you know, if you needed to, this is kind of probably like the conversations and coaching, like, okay, well, you know, you are safe because you'll go home. If you need to make money, you'll go get a job, you know, like maybe, you know, the little job or whatever the, you know, fastest timing wise job is. We've talked about this, like my obsession with Whole Foods, like I'll, I'll go get a job at Whole Foods. I don't care. <laughs> Uber. Like there's, I could, I could do it. You know, maybe that's privileged. I don't know. But, um, but, but we are, we are more safe than we think. And that's, that's a whole thing to teach unto itself. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, cause safety goes back to childhood. It just goes oh, back yeah. to mom. Every time it goes back to mom and dad, there's mm -hmm. funny trauma, this trauma works series of workshops I went to and someone was talking about feeling unsafe with doing a sales call or something totally, you know, whatever, like, Oh, I feel like this, I just get freaked out. And he was like, where did that come from? Oh no, he asked, he asked something like, where'd that come from? And he's, she's like, I think my mom, he's like, oh, we know that. Or no, he's, he's, she said, I think my parents. And he's like, we know that I'm saying which one. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I know that. <laughs> basically, we know the answer is always parents, but I'm, I'm asking like, which one did it come from? Basically, because like every answer he had in that series of workshops was, it came from your mom or your dad. Not, not saying that everything does, but 
uh, when it came to the subjects we were talking about, yes, but and especially safety. The yeah. And how you see love in your life is, uh, you know, what parents or primary caregivers doesn't have to be mom or dad, you know. Well, in a lot of this work, too, we are examining, like, um, what amounts of time look like in opening that up or what scenarios of safety or how things could happen can open up, right? Like really taking some set boundaried stories and breaking them open. Like, well, who cares if that takes a year? What, do we? Why do we have to go so fast? Like you, the timeline can doesn't have to be just one way or how you how you take steps to go do something doesn't have to look like in a certain order or a certain way. Like, okay, a retreat came up that you wanted to go to. You had the money, you spent it. It was a topic that you knew you needed to go to. It will serve you later. Yes, during it, you have a little in your bank account. So why is that scenario automatically like, no, it, it, it implies that you're dead and doomed right in that moment as if oh, yeah. no more, no more time is going to happen. Mm -hmm. No more options, no more time, nothing new, dead in the water. And that's just not true. Yeah, it doesn't end there. There's more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like uh, my uh, a coach of mine used to call it like, you know, being on a certain frequency. So she'd call it like reality FM or gloomy FM when you're like stuck on a channel. Uh -huh. um, and we call that like the evidence-based things, reality FM. Like there are no moving. So if somebody says anything, you could just say the evidence is there. Look. I have $19. Like, what are you going to say? You can't say, oh, it'll be, I'll be fine. It's not, look. Um, so right. that's what my thing is. is. I get stuck in the evidence stuff. And it's like, it's, you know, to back away from that. And also when it comes to money, that's survival, all this stuff. And then, you yeah. know, if I can't pay for dinner, I have to ask someone else. Then, then all of a sudden comes judgment. And, oh my God, now I have to ask these people who I love, like, Hey, like, you know, 20 bucks I can borrow type of thing, you know? Right. But all of these healthy concepts that we, we don't do because we're living by one paradigm, like asking for help, like when asking for help becomes a shameful thing, the hell's that? Mm -hmm. Like, think about that. You, it's shameful so to ask for help. You know what I mean? Like, or, um, just because at that moment you only have that much in your bank account, that's permanent. Like, also, in that moment, you probably go, is everything paid for? Yeah. Okay. Then tomorrow you go find the job or, you know, like you get on it. Mm -hmm. And so all, just, just these concepts of like, sometimes that's what's great to kind of fall apart because you're forced to open up. Yeah. And be like, well, okay. It pushes you into a space that you need to experience or to unlock whatever. Right. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's so interesting to see how it, how it it plays out like that yeah it's really weird yeah. well and, and especially i think when you're forced to look at it because you're like well you could stay in the story or would you would you like to contemplate many different stories? you know like because you can yeah that's the, that's the thing is like <laughs> if you're if you're stuck on that story how it's dire and awful why can't you be like go to the other side and that's what i liked about this whole like reality fm thing her, my, the coaching question that I was talking about it would be like, that's your past. Like yeah. the evidence that you're seeing, that's where you were. Now, what are you going to do now? And thereafter, like, right. You know, if you're saying, oh, there's $19 in my bag. Okay. But that is your past. So where are you now? Where are you going? And that, that helps sometimes when you're in your shit to be like, okay, 
and pop out of it sometimes. <laughs> right. But it does require one, the willingness to be open, kind of a surrender, right? Like being willing to surrender and then believe. You have to have some modicum of belief in order to actually walk down that path um, and have the uh, strength to keep your eyes open. Absolutely. Right. Just yeah. just to not implode. Right. Yeah, I think most people Understand. don't think to manifest the good results. The first thing that comes to mind is like, well, yeah. if I do this and I don't have any money and I'm going to be homeless and everything's going to fall apart. You're like, no, no, no. There's there's a good positive path. Let's focus on that. Right. Yeah. And the way that truly things can on a dime, like within seconds, switch so fast. Um, it's I mean, yeah. people are always like, oh, it, you know, thinking they just overthink and overstory everything. I'm like, people fall in love in one second. People right. are born in one second. Miracles occur in one second. So you don't know like what's going to happen or what's going to occur when you get out of your own damn way. <laughs> well, I think there's basic thoughts as well that are actually much more common than people would think about. Like, you know, if you're positive, you attract positive things. You know, I think sometimes with different words that gets really subscribed to like the metaphysical world, like law of attraction, all that kind of stuff. But there's also a pretty wide general thought out there too of like if you stay positive you know you attract more positive stuff right like if you're negative you know you attract the negative i think most folks believe something like that like something like that um yeah, if they say they don't you know there is oh and and it's like it's like someone that says i have bad luck over and over again well of course i mean you're gonna have shitty luck if constantly you're saying how bad you're looking right. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. yes well, I think it's hard sometimes to point out to someone that they're telling a story. Well, bigger than that, that t telling a story and it creates a thing is a thing to believe in, right? Like you're telling this story one way, but that's just telling a story one way. And it's not as strong and powerful and permanent as you think. Like just that concept alone to be like, oh, you mean I could just change my story and things will change? Yes, but someone might go bullshit because <laughs> well, it's scary, you know, or whatever. I mean, that is on the line. It's on a line, though, because, I mean, being an entrepreneur for so long and seeing all of the like and doing the metaphysical, but also like the business day to day, like building a business, mm -hmm. you see. And I'm just using that as an example. It could be anything that that sometimes and that's that's all well and good. But sometimes that stuff can be bypassing. You know, it's like you're bypassing. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything's OK or just think yeah. what, think good thoughts and everything will be fine. But sometimes like when things are really bad, there's no amount of good thinking or there's no way for you to just automatically switch into like a higher vibration because if you're, and that's where I do the trauma stuff because it's like you have to make space for the darkness and the shadow and the trauma, yeah. all that stuff. And just, sit, I mean, and just sit with it as long as it needs to be sat with. And then you can shift into that. Um you know, and then that's when good things happen. But if, cause, and the reason I'm saying this is cause I've taken so many like manifestation things where it's like, Oh, okay. Like think good. Like <laughs> don't let your thoughts get bad or whatever. And then I'm like sitting there going, I can't have all that. And then all of a sudden I implode and have this like <laughs> bad experience. And then I'm like, well, I tried all the thoughts thing. They're like, well, you still have to like make space for like, if things are going, I was like, what? No one told me that part. <laughs> yeah. Cause failure can still happen. Failure is still part of a journey. Sometimes sure. it's, yeah. it's, it's, you have to chip away at things to get to things. Exactly. You're totally right. That's a really good point. Yeah. You don't want to get into like, well, if I just think good thoughts, everything will work out like works involved. 
you know, like efforts, watching, then taking steps, like you're actually a part of the dance as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good point. Cause you're right. I know there's jokes about sort of like, well, if I just sit in my room alone forever and envision it, it will all happen. <laughs> like, there, there is action required. <laughs> yeah, you gotta buy the lottery ticket to win the lottery. Uh -huh. And if you have any kind of trauma in your past or your childhood, it doesn't matter how much, if you're thinking positively about something, if there's part of you that says, I cannot never have that. It's you're not going to just positive what your way positive, think your way out of it. You have to sit with that part of yourself. So, and I'm preaching the choir because I need to tell all this stuff to myself because I have been, <laughs> I have been having the same thing. The past few months have been pretty rough for me and, you know, and, but sometimes when you're in it, you just gotta be in it. And there's no amount of, you know, counseling yourself out of it or having someone counsel you out of it. You just gotta be in it. Just like I was saying with the drug use and all that, you know? I think that's what makes you a good coach though. Like a coach who has lived the things is, is a knowledgeable coach, I think. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, and it's also satisfying to be with someone, you know, knows what you're mm -hmm. feeling. Right. Yeah. yeah. When it's about to happen. Mm -hmm. I, not only because the psychic intuition stuff, but, and that's really helpful with trauma because if I see it starting, I can already create what they, what they say in the trauma world is titration, which is like, titrate them out of the trauma into like safety so instead of asking questions about like oh how does that darkness feel or how does that feel in your body or whatever it's like okay well what's a safety anchor we can think of for me it's my niece my niece is like a safety anchor so it's like okay well how is it going to feel in a few weeks when you get to go see your family and then you start talking about better so then you're like oh yeah you're able to kind of touch into the darkness and without letting it consume you but i'm able to like see people when they're starting to go in there and i'm like all right mm -hmm. That's such a good point, though, about like the, the baby steps of like, OK, well, what good thought could you have just to inject some of that energy into you? Right. When you're when you're really down, down and out to say like, well, I really love I can have a bowl of ice cream, you know, or I can. Oh, whatever you really love. I get to go on a hike or. And then just like, OK, soak in that feeling for a minute yeah. just to get a little bit of that juice. You know, like my favorite thing was I, a friend that used to keep a to do list and she would put things like I slept through the night. I didn't drink too much coffee. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. and there was like because they're doable. I could do these every day and I can feel like I'm accomplishing stuff. And I was like, that's great. I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> I always do that with clients. I'm like, make a yeah. small wins list. Like I woke up today. I stood up today. I walked to like those, those things. We just get so inundated with, you know, results, results, results in this culture yes. that when we forget about the little tiny results that like, oh my gosh, you're doing life. Like that's yeah. enough. Like that, you know, that's enough because it's, it's hard enough to yes. just do life. And then all, all the other stuff on top of it is. Yes. That is so true. I'm so glad you said that. I think I needed to hear that right there today. <laughs> like that you, that's enough. Like that's enough. Like it's gotten so distorted. What is enough, especially well in life, but I feel it as in the entrepreneurial area because you are solely responsible. You are the sole, you know, builder of things, you know, in the beginning. And so you, it, I think that's one of the pitfalls is that you never want to stop working, you know, like to get to some end that even when you get there, you probably won't feel satisfied because it really sets you up to become kind of, not able to ever get out of that mode. Yeah, because then you're just doing more and more and more. And it's like, what's interesting to me too is the culture now with, you know, nine to five or the eight, eight hour workday thing is you go to work, you're in like this 
specific space for that long. And during that time, even if you're not actively working, you're still like at work. Mm -hmm. So when you try to apply that to like entrepreneurial, it's not the same. You cannot apply the same because you're never going to wake up and have those like eight hours in the same space. It's going to be some days you're working really hard for two hours. And then the rest of the day you're hiking, you're hanging out with your kids or whatever. And then some days you are doing that like all day, every day, or you do a training. But, um, that's the thing I, I do struggle with that a lot is like how to let it go. If I had a plan to all day, sit down and prepare, develop a program or something. If some, if I woke up and something went wrong or I didn't feel right. And I went out and did something else instead all day, there's got to be some kind of like, it's okay. Like, it's okay that I did that, but yeah, it's, and, and you learn it as you go, which is the hard part Mm -hmm. because, and there's no manual. I mean, unless you take like a program or package, like where people are like, you know, you have a a daily call or a weekly call with other people that are doing the same thing. So you have people Mm -hmm. to like actively support you through it. Yeah. It's a different kind of work. It's a different kind of work. Cause I, as you were talking, I was just like, I wonder if farmers feel better (laughs) (laughs) because you have a routine, you work hard, you sleep hard or whatever. But then I was like, no, they'd probably say like, but you don't know if you're going to make money off of whatever you're, Um, you know, handling and all of that. But, um, that's some, that, that looks like hard work to me. And so I wonder, I was just like, would a farmer just think we're frivolous and ridiculous? <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like this manual labor and, like, you seriously? Morning and you know that every, but it really comes down to a schedule, you know, like with, with farmers and stuff, the schedule is based on things outside of them, you know, the animals or whatever else for us. It's like, especially if you're an entrepreneur just working on your own business, it's just you. So I, I, often, I often say I'm in my own soup. I'm like, I just need to, I just don't, I need something. There's someone else. I'm just stuck in my own soup. It's just me all the time, every day alone. So it gets. Well, and I feel like farmers are doing manual labor. You know what I mean? Like they're physically manual labor. And we're sitting around thinking of like concepts for packages or Instagram posts or things like that. I'm like, Ooh, you know, and I shouldn't be mocking my own self. I'm like, because it's, it's mental I'm, labor though. And that is exhausting, <laughs> you know, I think part of what feels exhausting about it is that it just feels like a pebble in the bucket and you don't know if that pebble's ever going to give you a return. It's, it's this whole, and I would love your, um, uh, free coaching advice on this here, Karen, although is how to handle a business that has to start with consistency, right? So consistency doesn't mean overnight. And so just wrapping my head around like, well, what you're doing right now is the first six months and all you're going to be doing is being consistent. And that's the correct thing to do. And I'm like, really? Like no, re- potentially no return for six months because it, it takes time for people to see you do the regular thing, to identify, to brand it even harder, like to, you know, it just takes that amount of time. But wrapping my head around that is just, that's a whole nother kind of work to be like, well, I mean, that's entrepreneurial work, right? They say five years, five years, you don't pay yourself. Right. Cause you kind of keep reinvesting in yourself as well. So even when you do start to make stuff, you got to put it back into your own cause and yeah, programs and coaching. (laughs) Feels like you're spending a lot of money. It is just a trust, 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 trust walk because you're right. I love the pebble in the bucket kind of analogy because that's how it feels. And you don't know if you're just going to, like you said, work all week on something and it just never takes off. And so it's like, and mm-hmm. so you, you got to find a way to look at that time as time, just like Ryan said, like you're investing in your business. So even if you worked on something for one week and it didn't take off and no one paid you for it or whatever, you still invest in your business in some way or another. Some part of it was banked, 
Right. So yeah. like, I love that quote by Sarah Bleakley, the Spanx CEO. She's like fantastic, but she's always talking about how before her dad let her eat dinner, he would say, what did you fail at today when, when they were kids? And if she didn't have anything that she failed at, he'd say, you can't eat dinner until you go fail at something. Whoa. <laughs> and he said, Whoa. it completely redefined my version of what failure meant. And now I fail happily every day. And my business is amazing oh. because of it. And it's just like, I mean, that I, I bring that up in almost every one of my trainings because I'm like, that's fantastic. Amazing. Well, like, is it about, is it about just teaching her, like, go for it, like go for everything. Is that what it's about? Like, just go for it, do something. You got an idea. I don't know. Go have an idea, go do it, fail. Something like that. Yeah. Like, is it keep get it active? To, get used to rejection, get used to failure, because if it happens, then you look at it like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. Like that's supposed to happen. That's not like a bad thing or something that's taking oh. away from my business or my yeah. online. It's something that's like, Oh, good. Okay. I failed that. What did that teach me? What, what's, what's in. And I really feel like the most innovative people of our time, you know, they, they break. I feel like what happens is we look back at innovative people and we're like, Oh wow. We only see like the good things, but we don't realize that probably in their time, they were thought of as like crazy people. Like right. that crazy yep. Ben yep. Franklin's here again, get him out of here. Like he's insane. Um, you know, it's just all people that were really big innovators are out of their freaking minds because they keep pushing boundaries that no one, people are like, that can't be done. And they're like, well, and, and what you don't see is the really hard work by million, like yeah. thousands of people underneath all, those journeys. All those corpses, that trail of dead they left behind. <laughs> uh, I mean, and there's, it's just, and, and, and the companies that they created and went bankrupt and money, you know, it's just. You don't see that. And there's, a, I think it's that Steve Jobs quote that says something like, if you look very closely, most overnight successes did not happen overnight. <laughs> right. 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 God, you could say that about musicians as well, all over the place. Like just, oh, you're this out of nowhere hit. I'm like, oh no, that person's been on the road for like 11 years. Like, yeah. years longer. <laughs> like no, didn't happen overnight. Uh -uh. And which is a good, I should remember that analogy having lived it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like just slogging it out. Um, Maybe I have to remember it because I have trauma over it. <laughs> like just so, so now that I'm doing something else that's entrepreneurial, I'll be like, okay, all right, girl, you can do it. Get up. <laughs> exactly. Because, and that's, those, that's why I'm always saying quotes or thinking of other people's experiences. Because if I didn't, I would lose my mind. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, to, and to also just see the other people that I look up to and I think like, oh, they have it all made you know, saying stuff like that. Right. I was like, okay, okay, these people that are very smart. There's this funny Elon Musk quote that's something like, you know, to do, to be an entrepreneur is like chewing on glass and something else. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay. We gotta so go. Yeah, Ryan, we got to find that quote. Let's let's make sure we post that quote. Down, yeah. yeah, I think it's just I, like I have it on my phone because I send it to everyone because I'm like, check this out. It's so real. I'm like, this is the real. Yeah, just just look at like look up Elon Musk and glass entrepreneur and glass and it will pop. We'll throw it in the notes. But I mean, just like with these like entrepreneurs are successful in history, it's like the success is what writes the story. So like a lot of the failures and all the problems are like, well, we want to talk about that. We want to go forward with mm -hmm. the new stuff. And yep. yeah. yeah, we're all jaded or like, or we think that everything should be perfect because that's what we learn, you know, and it's, yeah, are you, yeah. So I just want it all now. You know, one of the things I would love to know what you guys think of this too. One of the things I've noticed, uh, noticing as a lesson for me is I can feel, um, when I'm not in like, um, forward stance, right? Like 
because I feel like I'm someone who has a lot of a lot of ideas, right? A lot of ideas. The, the ideas go flying out there. Maybe you do them a couple times, then you sit down. You know what I mean? Like there'll be something I was like, oh, something in there has got to change. And I've noticed that I'm like, oh, because you still are kind of on a still a little bit on a defensive stance and you really have to get rid of that. Like you really like I really have to get rid of like, are you in or are you out? Choose. And it's yep. like and that's changing my brain how I'm like, if you are in one, you're going to have a lot more energy because you've decided. Right. And you'll commit and be, you know, being consistent isn't going to feel painful because you've decided you're in. Right. So that decision, I feel like I'm still internally making <laughs> on a daily basis. It's, well, it's an everyday decision. And it's also like, what are you willing? Like, are you willing to have faith and are you willing to like keep going mm -hmm. um, even when everything is, you know, crumbling around you? Like, are you like, what, what are you willing to let go of? Cause I think like with me and my business, I'll do something that works over and over and over again. And then when it stops working or whatever, I'll just have like this tizzy and it's like, okay, are you willing to like, just keep having faith that like you're meant to do this, but maybe that's not the right thing. And, and to be in that transition period, not knowing. Yeah. That, yes. Mean, can you the, sit in that not knowing? And the hard part, I mean, I've worked with a lot of startups and that's been my career is mm -hmm. a lot of new businesses off the ground. I think the hardest thing for every founder though, is like, knowing when to say, okay, yeah, we've definitely failed way too many times and we need to stop. Yes. Oh my <laughs> you know, God. And I'm pivot sure you see people else. too that don't stop. And it's mm -hmm. like, <laughs> that's yeah. a good point yeah, yeah it's good to know when line. to stop like, like, <laughs> like keep pushing if you see some success but if it's like there's just been nothing it's just you gotta cut yeah. your losses yeah yep yeah and it's an ego but it's an ego thing too it's like all right let's try this let's uh, play and playing around with it mm -hmm. well and back to the failure thing like i've coached a couple people about jobs like i'm it's a uh, in who were having like tough times at their jobs or the work environment. And I've said to bo both of them, I was like, it's okay to know, it's good to know when it's time to leave. It's not that you have failed or that you're, you know, ultimately the story doesn't need to be that you got screwed over or cheated or whatever. It is just time to Why? go. That's all you need to know. Yep, yep. Like just get out. There'll be another job. It's, it's no bad view on you. Right. You've contributed what you need to contribute. And it's time to go do that somewhere else. And no, and it was valuable when you yeah. did it. It doesn't mean that it's going to lose its value now that you, and that's what happens in personal relationships too, is people, I work with people, oh, you know, they're going through divorce or whatever, not to, you know, say that it's sure. easy, but right. it's like you were meant to be together with this person or to do this thing for this amount of time, this amount of time. And that's it. Like you did what you were meant to do in that situation, that relationship, whatever, and now it's the next thing. It's not, you know, that it was bad or wrong. It's just yes. Yeah. And it's not about winning or losing. Like some, especially, I guess, in work cultures, I'm like, you got to know and realize when something's not going to change. Like, that's a good thing to know. Like, oh, this place isn't going to change. I certainly won't be the one. One person won't be game changing. It'll all become better. Like, that's just not going to happen. It's time to go. Right? Like, that's not even your fault. But it's good to be someone who's aware, like, oh, I'm really sensing, yeah, th that like either it's, I know it's not going to change, ooh, or it's going to get worse. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. It's so true. <laughs> and it's, it's, 
and it reminds me of people that are like, oh, I wasted 15 in my year, 15 years of my life. What is that? It's like, what? No, no, you actually, you did the 15 years that you, exactly that you needed in order to realize like now what's next on the horizon. Yep. And yeah, it's hard for people to go on to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure as most of you as, as coaches, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm not a coach, so I don't know, but I'm saying that it seems like most people's biggest fear is if they want to make a change like that is like stability, financial stability and like all those sure. things. So maybe, what's your advice normally to people in those situations? You're like, I want to quit this job. I want to change my life. But, you know, like you were saying, you're happy to go work at Whole Foods if you need to. Yeah. Well, I think people know much farther ahead if they really stopped and asked themselves. They know way ahead when it's coming, right? Like you have an inkling and I would say, notice that and start planning. Like if your fear is money, make a plan, like decide and make a plan. Six months from now I'm out. So I'm going to pack money away. I want, you know, mortgage or rent for, you know, six months or a year. And then, um, I'm going to beef up my resume. I'm going to start thinking about where would I like to go? Like if you can, the sooner you can honor your inkling that you want to leave, that's a big deal. Like notice and honor it, admit to yourself it's true, and then do something about it. You can you can make a timeline for yourself unless you know you're getting laid off, right? Well, sometimes when you get money, you like <laughs> you get laid off. It's <laughs> true. Severance can be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if 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 you know you're not getting fired and you knew you want to go, and like then make a plan. Like make yeah, a plan. Okay. So important. And I had uh, one of my a coach tell me once that like, if you plan for if it's longer than three months, you'll never do it. Huh. Like if you say, Oh, I'm gonna quit in eight months. It's like, it's got to be three months or lower. And, and he was saying that doesn't mean I'm saying always have to quit your job in three months. But you can do the planning and everything. But but when you make the date, it has to be like three months or less, or you're you're just not going to leave. Oh, interesting. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. Um, knowing and making making the plans ahead of time and having a timeline. That's so important. Well, and I think you can wrestle with yourself less if you take all the stories off of it, like somehow like failing, shame, angry, you know, like just throw that away. Like it, it's not, it's, it's none of those things, right? You need to set yourself free. And if we want to delve into the woo world, um, I mean, I am a big believer and have had evidence in my life of, the minute you finally close the crappy door, you allow in the good stuff. And you're not going to see the good stuff until you shut that damn door. Oh, it's so hard because it's like the you have to jump off. It's almost like I, yes. see it, I see it as like there's a cliff, right? And it's like unless you jump off, the thing that's going to come out and save you can't won't come out and save you until you have already jumped, right? It's not going to just come out for a person that's not there. Um, and, you know, it's like, so it's, but it is a balance because you want to be responsible and you don't right. want to, like when I left my job, I was like, I have $5,000 in the bank. I'm doing great. It was gone like that. And I was like, oh shit. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take it back, but I do wish I would have either saved more or had like an idea, but sometimes you just don't know until you do it. What's going to happen? Well, and you don't have to hang your hat or your decision on like, I got to shut this door immediately to open another one. I'm like, you know, you don't need to just have that thought in your head. You could, like you're saying, like, okay, just decide that you're going to go. Like I have two massive experiences in my life, more, but these two really stick out to me. Um, I worked at a job for six years. It was the worst work environment. And finally, one day I don't know why it took me so long. doesn't matter. But one day I was able to do that. Like, boom, I'm like, 
oh, I'm leaving. Like I can go. And I was like, okay, I'm leaving. Like I really completely knew I was leaving. I didn't on that moment. I didn't know where, but I was like, it was almost like me saying that just triggered. Okay. Now let's get to work on how we're going to get out of here, but we are getting out of here. And literally like next week I got like interviewed and got a job offer. Like, that's great. Or Another job I was at, I was in for a year and my husband and I were talking about moving out of Seattle and we we literally did that again. It's a certain feeling and I can, I know when I feel it, it's like, we both were like, yeah, let's, let's, um, yeah, we both want to move. It was such a confirmation on the inside. Like it felt like, yes, it's time. And And then literally the next week I got a call from target. Like, and I knew when I talked to this person um, again, I keep my eyes wide open when I know I'm getting into that sort of manifestation game. Um, I not cling to it, but I'm sort of like, okay, let's just see. And then when things start happening, I start to go, oh, no, 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 it's happening. Because the guy who called me was how he was made, meant something to me. Like he was woo. He was so like, oh, we speak the same language. And I was like, okay, there's that. Like I just start counting the things I know are signs. Um, I don't cling to anything. I do want to note that. Like, I don't cling to anything. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. But I'm prepped, ready, and looking, and listening. You know what I mean? And boom. I I mean, I was almost afraid to tell my husband because I was like, ooh, it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it goes when it's right. It just flows. And the more that you think about it and mess with it, it, the more like it it, it, it goes. Yeah. That's what I liked when you were talking about earlier, like, when you're planning, like, doing those little, like, I call them, like, little touches. Like, if you're upset with your job or whatever when you're at home check your link check linkedin start reaching out to people start looking at jobs start talking to me all of a sudden you could talk to people that I, I knew a woman that did this she was like she was just i'm gonna look and just see what's out there and before she had even left her job she found <laughs> there were like three other people that offered her like three times more what she was making to for like way better jobs and it yeah. made her realize like wait why am i doing this she was just kind of stuck in her environment and didn't see it until yes. she, yes. until people started saying, wow, you're so qualified for this. And she was like, I am like, she didn't even see it because she was right. being undervalued at the place she was at, you know, so little touches. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's such a good point. When you're stuck in your environment, it is, it's hard. You're not seeing, it's hard to see. So just knowing that though, can help, help you go, oh, okay. Okay. I'm stuck. So my eyes are really closed. Cause I'm burnout. I'm tired. My feelings are hurt, you know, or whatever. Okay. Take a deep breath. Like, take a deep breath. It's so good just to understand. We said this earlier in our talk here. Like, just to understand where you're at or what's going on is an unlock, right? Like, out of stuckness. And then, like you're saying, just take little steps that don't need an end to them, but they are steps. Like, okay, I'm pretty sick of working here. Applying to the job. You're just reaching out and say, you know, just because you reach out and say, hey, I'm looking for work doesn't mean that the person's going to be upset if you say, never mind, this game's really, it's just play, you know? Well, and sometimes it's a safe place to start looking while, you know, while you have a job, you know, it's a energetically safe place to be looking because you're not in a panic. You're not, right. you don't, you never want to get in desperate mode. Yeah. Or desperate. too much of a gap in between. Yeah. Like when I was in that manifesting class, they were like, she, you know, one of the days, one of the challenges was like, go to like, um, I don't think they let you do this anymore, but like go to a Porsche dealership and drive a Porsche or something like go right. and ask 
fully do something that is like way above what you normally do. Go try on wedding dresses if you want to get married or something like that. Like go mm -hmm. do the actual thing or a little piece of it to get in the energy of it. And it really does. It really does accelerate your like, oh man, this is like, this, this is good. And then all of a sudden that's when those things start um, yeah. moving. Yeah. Well, it's that you hear that a lot in coaches, manifestation coaches, well, just a lot of coaches, like, what would your future self do? Like, if you describe how you'd really like to be, okay, well, what would that woman do? So if, if successful entrepreneurial Carrie made, you know, six, seven figures, and this is who I am, and okay, what would she do? You know what I mean? Or just, just to get that energy vision in your head of like, oh, I am this. Yeah. Um, just, just yeah. that kind of practice. Like it's not supposed to be an illogical thing to do. It's a, it's, it's about getting that feeling of like, oh, okay. Cause it's different, right? It's a totally different feeling when you're like, I'm a stuck person to like, what would it feel like to be, um, success, successful in the way you exactly want. And you can feel the difference. It's like, oh God, that'd be, that would feel great. Okay. Stay there. Right. Just right. Try and conjure that, you know? Yeah. And then if yes, that's what you want, start filling in those steps to get there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Booyah. Booyah. <laughs> well, Aaron, I feel like, I feel like again, you're like, again, someone like, this is just part one. <laughs> we need a part two. <laughs> we need a lot of part yes, two. Yes. So. I know. There's so much. I was like, oh, There's so that? much. I know. But I, I do want to talk. So I, so I want to, I want to bullet like a bunch of the stuff that you're doing right now. So, I mean, you and I are holding a retreat March 2nd through the 6th in Joshua Tree. Um, so we're doing a retreat. We actually have two spots left. I think there's might be two three. Yeah, two or three. Um, and it is, yeah, I, we call them, well, I call them spiritual activation retreats because they're for people that like know there's something out there. There's yeah. like something bigger within them. That they're ready to. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the second through the seventh, I think. And yeah, I'm really excited about that's going to be. Well, we'll have links to that. If, if somebody's interested in that and they can get a hold of you or myself, if somebody wants to know about that, but you're doing a lot of programs coming up and I want, I want you to just talk a little bit about your coaching, like the coaching package I'm doing with you. So uh, tell us about the programs you, cause you've got some classes and workshops coming up certification. Yeah, so the biggest, the next, you know, a, uh, certification is for Akashic Records. So if there's anyone out there, I always say if um, that the Akashic Records find you, you don't find them. So you don't have to know what they are, but if you keep seeing mention of them and you're listening or watching to this, this and you're just like, I keep seeing stuff about Akashic Records or you're listening to this and going, what's that? Um, you can, you know, take a class, but the class is, it's like a 10 hour certification class. So it's um, to learn how to kind of tap in deeper using your spirit. It's like your master level spirit guides. Mm -hmm. um, and this is for people that are like looking to go deeper in their own intuition and trust themselves more, but also trust that there are, that there's guys around them that's higher level that they can like tap into and ask questions and get information from. So it's not just about relying on yourself. Um, and knowing what the Akashic records are, what it's about are not required. So you can be any level to take the class because it, it's from the ground up. Um, and that'll be November 19th, 20th, and the 21st. Mm -hmm. Um, and then anyone who's interested, what I like to do is start them out with a, you know, Akashic kind of just a session with me. And what that is, is just, you know, I, 
I kind of call it, it's like a, my signature session because that's all of the things. It's like coaching, it's strategy, but it's an intuitive reading also. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, and it's hard to really quantify what it is because I just, I step back and tap into your master level spirit guides and ask them, what does this person need to know? What's blocking them? What's coming up for them? And a lot of times um, people are surprised because they might be like, why am I not finding a relationship? And I'll be like, because you haven't forgiven your sister. And they'll be like, well, right. what is that? And, and I just, I don't know. I just know that that's what, because energy is energy. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's all. So, um, so that's a good like signature session with me is my Akashic activation session is what I call it. Oh my God, Aaron, I got to tell you, your cat is sitting right behind you. This is such a perfect witchy poo picture. Your cat's so like, it's like your familiar is sitting there. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Like, like, Hello. <laughs> Just looking adorable back there. So adorable. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> she was so looking dead at us that I was like, oh, I need to stop and like. <laughs> I know. It's like nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Hello, Aaron. Uh, when are you done? <laughs> uh, she's like, I want to be in this. Uh, but yeah, for people who aren't into the woo-woo or the spiritual and just want coaching or the trauma support, I also have the, you know, tra- just holding space session just mm-hmm. to, you know, if you were listening to the trauma part and you were like, oh, I really need that. Someone who can just hear me. Cause a lot of times our parents, our sisters, our brothers, our partners, our kids, they hear, they are li- hearing us, but they're not listening. Mm-hmm. And so to have someone outside of people that, you know, to like help you just be in it and witness you through it. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot of work. It just takes showing up. Um, I can support with that. Um, trying to think of any other, I think it's just mainly the, Oh, and I'm doing a cool package with Lauren. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw that. No. What? So I'm doing a little collaboration. It's like a 45 minute intuitive reading with me and a Kashuk session and then a spell bag that she does. So it's like, Ooh. and it's like a good Sam Hain thing. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I think it's something, I don't know. Anyways, it's a good Halloween thing, let's say. Um, but it's like, she does like little bag, like um, with, you've gotten them, right? It's like Yeah, and she's, we've had her on the podcast. Yeah. We've yeah. had her on the podcast, so yes, yeah, Spellback. And mine, I got, I've got Ryan yeah, one. Yeah, mine's been helping yeah. me sleep better. I think I feel like it's doing this, its work. Sweet. I, yep, she does the hermit, the hermit bags for to be able to sleep or to go within and sleep, and um, yeah. So she's gonna be doing. We're gonna be doing that, and it's only 150 bucks for an hour. Well, it's 45 minutes with me, but then you get the spell bag as well, and that's uh-huh. like a physical thing you get to have. So yeah. basically, whatever comes up in the reading or whatever's blocking you or not working, she will like create a bag that works for that to support you. So if it is sleeping or it is like a relationship or something like that, she's able to kind of conjure this uh, yeah. up the, and there's like crystals and herbs and yep. essential oils that have to do with your issue. And they really help um, to help break through with that. So that's a cool thing. Uh, that's awesome. That's but, awesome. Uh, those bags are beautiful too. I love those. And it's just like such a great thing to get in the mail. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. like, it just feels good. <laughs> Yeah, but but I do coaching in general, and um, I'll usually do one-off coaching sessions, but I do like the three-month and six-month packages, but I usually will do, I think before the end of the year, I'm going to do a free three-day training, so mm-hmm. if somebody just wants to like follow me, I'm going to create a group and just add people to it, and then I'll do a free training in there, and then tell them about my programs and packages, so they can nice. get to know me. That's what we were talking about earlier, like people need to be able to trust someone, or yeah. before they like are ready to invest, or, or even if it's 150 bucks, or... 4,000 or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. Um, 
that's a good way to connect with me is just, I'm a Facebook girl. So Facebook is a good, a good way to connect. With me. And we're going to have all your links. So Facebook, your website, Instagram, like we will have all of your links um, and we can put specific links in there straight to the package or registration for your class in November. Um, and I seriously feel like we need to do a part two. Like we could just talk about Akashic records Yes, for an I hour because it's such a whole thing. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, I want to tell people because it's hard when I tell people, oh, this is my signature session. They're like, what is that? So I just have to kind of say intuitive reading. It's like a psychic reading. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I'm able to just see, hear and experience things fr- from a different s- space, a different dimension that you can't um, or that you can. But there may be blocks that I have worked through in my life that I've done all this work around. It's like that's why I always yeah. tell people, I'm like, you're not paying me for the hour I'm doing the session. You're paying me for the 15 years of, yeah. or 20 years of stuff I had to go through to, to learn all this and get here. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's that great, like, so, I don't know, somebody's using, like, a couple different songs all over Instagram or Reels. That so, the words are like, it costs that much because it takes that much for me to make it. There's that whole song going on right now. So, and I well, love I that. hope it goes around and around and around because people... It's, I, I think what happens is there's such, we just have this idea of like how much money means this. And it's, and I'm like, you guys, you gotta, if you're, the more that you invest in yourself, the more you're going to get out of it. The more that you're seeing yeah. value, yourself, the more that you're seeing value in your business, in your future and whatever you're trying to create. And, you know, if it's worth it to you, you'll, you'll do it. But you know, I mean, everyone has things yeah. going on. I love that. The words are, it costs that much because it takes me fucking hours. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, I love it. But it's like all over. It's all over. (laughs) Yeah. Like a tarot, even if it's a 30 minute tarot, I, it took me years to like develop that and then do the business and then put up the booking link and then yeah, years, hours. It's yeah. Yeah. Worth it. Worth it. Like any coaching I've done with you or with anyone has every single session has been a rung on my lap to change like every single one has changed given me something be that an aha moment or suggestions or practices or whatever not one moment has ever been a waste not one dollar has ever not been a hundred percent useful and the like package or program or whatever isn't in the moment something you're like oh oh it's an investment i shouldn't have made or whatever you learn exactly what you're supposed to so you get the experience you're supposed to get every time. Yeah, I agree. Well, Aaron, you know, I, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we will. We'll keep in mind a part two. But thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. Yeah, for sure. So I love happy it. To, that we were able to do this. And I love this. This kind of thing is exactly what we need to be doing, like creating more conversations and talking about things that are going on in the world because there's a lot of disconnection right now and a lot of sadness and a lot of heaviness and we need some lightness and some support. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we're helping people with this. I I think we are. I hope so. I hope so. It is. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure if it, if it helps somebody Mm -hmm. and the best job ever. (laughs) Yes. Best job ever. All right, my love. Well, I will talk to you soon and thank you so much. Thank you. You're so welcome. Bye. 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 <laughs>